0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn. For they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. For they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful. For they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you, not utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me rejoice and be glad for your names your reward will be great in heaven the gospel of the lord, the lord, lord Jesus in that opening hymn that we all know so well there are six verses in our hymnal. The original had eight. And our new hymnals will have eight, too. There's one verse that's missing. It is one of my favorites. It says something that's so very important about sanctity, about holiness. It says, and when the strife is fierce, the warfare long, steals on the ear the distant triumph song, and hearts are brave again, and arms are strong, alleluia, alleluia. Yesterday evening we had a holy hour for our children and young people. They came dressed, many of them as saints. As we were kneeling and sitting here in front of the monstrance, in adoration, we had a conversation about certain aspects of holiness. One of them was just what I said in that verse of that hymn. And when the strife is fierce, and the saints know this, and the warfare long, and there often is, steals on the ear the distant triumph song. What is the distant triumph song? It's heaven. It's God. It's that awareness of the goal. And hearts are brave again and arms are strong. Then we can go on. But the saints always had that one goal in mind above all other goals. Heaven. Heaven presence of God, the vision of God. You and I may have many goals. We take our eyes off of that one and look to other things, other places, and other times. So we lose the real vision. But they also had something else. They had many things, actually. They were always practicing the presence of God. Wherever they were, they were in the presence of God, and they knew it. We are in the presence of many things. We don't often think about the presence of God, but they always were aware of the presence of God. If we did that, we'd be radically different people if we were aware of the presence of God, to practice that at all times. That's the very beginning of all prayer, by the way, the practice of the presence of God. But there was something more about their love that made it different than yours and mine, often. They were first of all all, aware of how much they had been loved. In a radical way. That was a motivating principle of their lives. How much they had been loved. So, they were, above all, friends of the cross. Now, that's not such an easy thing. As has been said... Our Lord has many friends of his consolation, but not many friends of the cross. They were going to embrace that because that's what love does. That's what really makes saints. No matter what it took, they would be friends of the cross, unite themselves to him. Now, that brings us to today's gospel and the Beatitudes. You know, This is one of the most popular Gospels of all. And I really don't know why. Because it's calling upon us to do things that most people do not want to do and won't do. But it sounds rather nice, so I guess we like it. When you think about it, this is the call to radical (coughs) holiness. Look how he begins. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who have nothing and those who might have many things but live as though they didn't have anything, as though nothing belonged to them. Nothing was so great that they couldn't part with it if they had to. That's poverty of spirit. Again, a very different concept than our world knows. Saint Pope Francis has warned us against this concept of uh, constant possession and consumption. That poverty in spirit that was essential for sanctity it comes, how often it comes back to that, doesn't it? That abandonment, that detachment, that emptying out. We keep coming back to that over and over again as an essential quality for sanctity, and most people simply don't want to make that choice. Blessed are they who mourn. Mourn for what? There's nothing blessed about being sad for sadness' sake. Blessed are those primarily who mourn for their sins. Do you know, there's a mass in the Missal that prays for the gift of tears for sin. Many of us may cry over many things, but rarely over our sins, unless we get caught or we're in some way compromised. We should weep for our sins above all other things, because they do us more harm than anything else does. Now, at some point, though, we have to stop, because the devil wants to keep us in the past always focusing on the things we've done wrong and how things have been distressed and how we've just ruined everything. At some point we have to say, no, that's enough, I've got to move on. I'm going to go on from that negative element in my life into the positive things in my future. But we have to, first of all, have mourned for our sins. Again, our world has no time for that. They even rejoice in sin. Blessed are the meek. What does that mean? Meekness is something very misunderstood in our world. You know, pride is, of course, endemic in human experience. But just you know, somebody once went to St. Jose Maria Escrivá and told him they were having a problem with pride. And he said to them, Pride? You? For what? real meekness is just the opposite of that. It takes courage to be meek. It takes perseverance to be meek. It takes real strength to be meek. And so many people reject it and settle and st- said for some sort of arrogance in which we're always trying to bolster a me that doesn't exist. We're not honest in the face of God. The saints knew better than that. The cross gave them the strength to be meek. He goes on then. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. All right. Blessed are the merciful. All right, too. But then again, you see, here's another issue. We may have a very good, definite sense of what is good and what is just. But can we also be merciful? Merciful. There is an immediate tendency to want to be vindictive, to want to be victorious when we don't need to be. We want to prove ourselves when there's no need to prove anything except that we really don't have what we think we had. And blessed are the clean of heart. You know, purity is essential. Notice what it says. Blessed are the clean of heart. Why? For they will see God. A lack of chastity, lust, is an obstacle to the vision of God because we 're turning in on ourselves instead of going towards God, which is why our world is in such a, in such a confusion, and very often uh, religion is nothing more than the effect of an emotion it 's not really a clear vision of God because we 're too absorbed in these things, lust and the misuse of sexuality. Once we have that, whether it be priests, nuns, or married people, then we have the vision of God, then we open ourselves up to that clarity of vision that lust destroys. We don't think about that often. Of course, our world would would tell us not to think about it at all. And blessed are the peacemakers. And then the final two. Blessed are they who are persecuted. For what? For the sake of righteousness. Not just because we are mean and unpleasant and deserve to be persecuted. We are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Righteousness. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven for the sake of righteousness. But it's more than just righteousness. Blessed are they when they insult you. Many of us can't tolerate being insulted at all, can we? We immediately want to respond. We immediately become hostile. We even become vindictive and persecute you And utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Falsely because of me. The saints knew that. Falsely because of me. It's going to happen. It's happening more and more often now. That persecution. Once once we begin to be what we ought to be, we are going to be rejected. We are going to be persecuted. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward will be great in heaven. You know, last week I'm told I didn't find out about it until very late the body of St. Maria Goretti was in Greensboro going on to Charlotte. How she missed Raleigh I don't know, but she did. And so many, some, many people went there. When you read her life, it will tell you that she was a devout girl. What does that mean? Devout means that she really had her devotion to the Eucharist. That was what made her, really made her great. Because the saints, above all, are not only friends of the cross, they're friends of the Eucharist. You will always see that. Without the Eucharist, we will never be saints. We may be good people, we may do some nice things, but we can never be saints without the Eucharist. That's what makes all of these things possible. And the saints understood that, as we must understand it. So that, that last verse of that hymn then takes on new meaning, doesn't it? and when the strife is fierce. And it is, for us, right here and now, and we better recognize it, the warfare long. And it's going to be a long warfare, too, for us and for his church. Because the saints were also people who loved the church, as we know her. Steals on the ear that distant triumph song. The triumph of heaven the triumph of God, the triumph of the Eucharist. And we've got it. And hearts are brave again, and arms are strong. We should be. We need fear nothing. So the saints, then, have experienced that triumph. May we, with the courage God gives us, experience that triumph as well.